Hey everyone, it is Amy Logan, your host for Lone Tutor Crusader, and I'm back with the second half of Thomas More, our friendly chancellor to the King Henry VIII. But I have to apologize because this was supposed to come out a lot sooner, but I don't know about you guys, the week's that contain Christmas and uh, New Year's, I completely always lose track of dates. My husband and I were just talking this morning. We're like, okay, is today Saturday or is it Sunday? It's all messed up. So um, speaking of that, I hope everyone is having a great New Year. I realize we're only three days into it, but anything's better than 2020. And 2020 definitely left me one final gift, and that is my car died in my driveway, literally the day after Christmas. So no fear. Hopefully it's something very easy to fix, but it's like 2020 just had to have the last word and uh, get at me one final time. So let's hope that 2021 is so much better than 2020. Hopefully we can all go into it with positive energy and hopefully that will be kicked right back to us because Lord knows we all need some positive vibes. All right, so going forward because again, this should have come out a lot sooner than it did. So I want to kind of jump right into it. So the last that we left Thomas More, he he wasn't faring too well. He was starting to get into some hot water with his views, um, and he was starting to get under the king's skin via possibly through Anne Boleyn or just by being Thomas More. But basically, what was going on at that point was and how I left it with you folks last time is that Thomas was refusing to sign a letter that was going to go to the Pope asking the Pope to uh, declare a divorce between Catherine of Aragon and Henry so that Henry could in turn marry um, Anne Boleyn. And one of the reasons Henry cited that he needed this divorce is that uh, it was unlawful to marry his dead brother's wife and that the marriage was actually not a marriage and because it would be condemned in God's eyes. But um, the Pope was not having it and Rome was going to uphold the marriage, which obviously really upset the king. So he was doing anything and everything he could to force the Pope's hand. And I believe in the last episode, we also talked about um, Martin Luther and how he was a heretic, quote unquote, uh, author at the time. And he had some very newfangled ideas that usually they weren't seen with a positive eye in this day and age. Um, And he was seen as a heretic. 
but Anne Boleyn handed the book to the king and pointed out some of the things that Luther was writing about. For instance, one of, and I'm loosely quoting this, but one of the um, passages that Luther did write that the king, a king of his country should therefore be God in heaven and that God would speak through the king because the king was divinely appointed. Basically, people believe that once you were anointed as king and queen, you had a direct connection to God. So the king, Henry, was very easily uh, manipulated into this thinking because it basically solved all his problems in one fell swoop. He would be able to grant his own divorce from Catherine of Aragon, and he becomes the head of the king. Um, the head, I'm sorry, he becomes head of the Church of England that he is in charge of and can make his own decisions for the land as to what could be, what would be seen as heretic and what would be seen as okay to practice. And going forward over the years, Henry really wavered between Protestant and Catholic. Really, really always wavered. The one thing he did not waver on was transurbanation, and that's basically the once the priest blesses the bread and the wine, that it does in fact become the blood of Christ, the body of Christ. And that he would never uh, waver on. So um, he puts together this oath of succession. Um, and the act of succession, which is basically annulling his marriage to Catherine of Aragon and making him the head of the Church of England. Thomas did not, uh, he didn't like either, either one of these acts. He saw it as, he saw it as being a heretic to even think that King Henry could uh, act as God in his own church. Um, And actually, one of his, uh, Thomas More's last words uh, spoken before he was executed was, tell the king I died his good servant, but God's first, meaning he would always be God's servant above the king. And what the king was saying was that he wanted everyone's, he wanted everyone to be a servant towards him before God, basically. So Thomas More did, truly did not believe this. And there was a lot of people who did not believe um, that the king could be the head of the church. A lot of people ended up taking this oath because they believed in their hearts that God would know them true of heart and a true servant of God and not Henry. And this is where my love for Thomas More kind of hits a fork in the road because being Thomas More, who was very educated, a lawyer, almost um, became a priest or a monk himself, 
through all his learning, must have believed the same thing, that God would know what was in his heart. And therefore, even if he did, in fact, sign these oaths, that he would not be damning his soul, because God knew truly what was in his heart. But Thomas decided to take it to a further a, a, a further line. So Thomas refuses to take the oath of secession, but and promised to uphold the act of succession, which declared Henry's marriage to Catherine null and void, and it established a new line of succession for by way of King and Anne Boleyn, whatever children they had. Um, he 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 refused to take it and promised the king that he would never speak out in public against the king. Basically, the king was kind of giving him a free pass, saying, I'm going to let it go because we've grown up together, we're best friends, blah, 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 but you can never speak of it in public to anyone. Well, Thomas didn't keep that promise. He, he did speak of it a couple of times. And actually, he was thrown into the tower on the 1st of July, 1535. And he thought he was perfectly fine because he didn't believe anyone could come out against him. But Richard Rich, who was the Solicitor General, who... Honestly, I cannot stand Richard Rich at all. Richard Rich is a bitch, but whatever. He went into Thomas More's cell and basically entrapped Thomas into saying he did not recognize the king as head of the church. So once that entrapment was set, um, that was pretty much it for Thomas More. Um, it was also decided that More being silent and not saying anything was evidence of a corrupt and perverse nature. So even though he had promised Henry he wasn't going to say anything, he was going to keep it quiet, they ended up flipping that on him as well. Now, the issue I have with this is I think Thomas More knew that in going forward with speaking about it or being um, obtuse about it, he knew that eventually the king would have to dispatch him or do something to make an example out of him. I think Thomas knew this, and I think he knew that the church in Rome would make him a saint or a martyr for the cause. So I believe that Thomas More, and there's no proof of this at all. It's only what I've been able to draw out of studying him a bit. I feel like he ran towards the axe because it was going to make him a martyr for the cause, um, possibly a saint, which he did end up being sainted. So, 
if this man so believed in religion and who you know god above king henry he must have known again that god would be able to see what he truly believed in his own heart but he also must have known this was the way it was going to go so i feel like he did it in being very selfish and knowing what he was going to get out of it was going to be a martyr and possibly a saint and that is self-serving so for a man who was as religious as thomas more you know that that's pretty hypocritical as most things in religion are and you have to remember he left a wife and many children behind and as he was going forward with this you know uh way of thinking that he he would never acknowledge um henry as the head of the church his wife was begging him and telling him you you know that they will confiscate all our lands all our riches um we will have to beg our bread and Thomas More said, "Yep, I I know that, but I I cannot damn my, you know my soul for eternity." And for me, that's just a lot of pretty talk. He he knew what he was doing, and I just find it so shameful because I think he could have better served his own cause by being there for his family and, you know, working undercover against this reform a lot of people did it a lot of people did not believe in this and thought henry was crazy but they chose their life and maybe to protect their family over dying for this so that's where i become really critical of thomas more i just i feel like it was very self-serving cause and it wasn't a cause um to stand up for religion or what he truly believed in i think it was to become a martyr and i i i feel bad for his family and his kids to be honest with you so unfortunately uh thomas more was found guilty under the treason act of 1534 um the jury verdict um was a pretty harsh one and typically the punishment for treason was to be hanged until half dead then disemboweled and burned and after that your body would be cut into four pieces your head on above the bridge on London Bridge and then your parts went to various parts of England to uh remind people the ultimate price of treason which definitely would have worked for me without any issue so he was like i said unfortunately executed on July 6 but uh Henry decided to commute his sentence from um being drowned and quartered to just having his head cut off which was seen as more of a gentleman's death so 
some other um, certain things that we know for certain that he said was, for instance, you know, I, I died the king's good service um, servant, but God's first. And he also, as he was climbing the scaffold, he, um, he, he slightly tripped and he said, actually, in some good humor, pray, sir, see me safe up and as to my coming down, let me shift for myself. So he, he did have some gallo humor at the end there. But again, a very self-serving uh, plight, I would imagine. After his execution, um, all the, land, the lands and riches were taken from him, as was uh, protocol when someone was executed. Um, it was later on that Henry actually regretted executing Thomas More. He regretted it on several different occasions. And this would happen throughout Henry's reign. He would execute someone and then later go back on it and go and say either out loud to someone that he was in fact sorry that he had edu- had executed said person. He said that about Thomas More and he actually said that about Cromwell. And I think that goes more to the token that Henry was very easily manipulated or convinced of something. He was impulsive and often acted without really thinking something through. And I think that says a lot where he grew up with more great friends. I mean, more had literally seen him through being, you know, the unspoken second son. And when Arthur passed away, then Henry became the king. He had been there from the beginning. So I, I just, I just think that's terrible how it would change so quickly. And like I said, Henry claim, you know, did claim to be sad, but of course he wouldn't take the blame for it. He would tell everyone that Anne Boleyn was the one who forced him to execute Thomas More. And as we all know, Henry was really never forced into anything. Um, from what I have read and seen, I haven't seen anything that Anne came right out and said, I want him gone. She obviously was not happy that Thomas More didn't uh, support this idea, but I think she was happy with him just being quiet. But again, you know, Henry could never take responsibility for anything. He had to blame it on everyone else. And therefore, that's and even in her death, she was being blamed for things. So after being executed, um, his head came off with one uh, blow, which was a very good thing. He didn't have to suffer much. His head was placed upon London Bridge, um, where after it was there for 
many months his head was then to be thrown into the uh, Thames and his daughter Margaret actually took his head um, and had it buried which I cannot think of a more grotesque thing in the world than asking for my dad's head off of London Bridge. That's just beyond all reason to me. Well, well, I just, bleh, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. So that is the story of Thomas More. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you decide what you think about Thomas More, a saint or a sinner. Um, I think he was a very, very intelligent man, but through that intelligence is why I can't cut him slack in seeming to have this, seeming to have run towards the axe to be a martyr for the cause. I, I, I just can't, I can't get beyond that. And, you know, I feel so bad for his family after this because they certainly didn't gain from him being martyred because he wasn't martyred for some time later. And then he wasn't canonized until 1935, so centuries after being uh, executed for treason. So I'm going to let you folks kind of think about the story of Thomas More. And I would love for you to throw me some comments. Uh, do, do you think that he should be... Um, regaled for his uh, seemingly um, vision and um, not wavering from it? Or do you feel like this was more of a self-serving cause uh, like myself? Um, I would really love to hear people's opinions on that because I wonder... I don't. I, I have the feeling there's not a lot of people who feel the same way as I do. Um, but again, hey, could be. So throw me a line. I'm on Facebook. Um, best way to get me is on Twitter. That seems to be the easiest way uh, to get me. I love it. It's so simple on Twitter. Um, yeah, definitely throw me a line. And next week, we are going to be talking about none other than Anne Boleyn and Henry's daughter, Elizabeth I, the golden age, the greatest queen that England has ever seen. And I actually would love to see what people's opinions are on that as well. Uh, because I don't think Mary did too bad of a job either. But yep, we're going to be diving into Elizabeth. I have a feeling Elizabeth will definitely be a two-parter um, because she reigned for uh, 40, 45 years. So, you know, we're not going to fit that all into one episode because I really want to make sure I go over 
certain things that she accomplished as a woman. So I will be talking to you guys next week. Uh, Elizabeth will be coming out next Saturday. Again, throw me some praise, throw me some critique. Uh, please throw me a rating um, in comments. That is what makes this possible to bring to you. Um, and it will also allow me to get better and better with time if I'm listening to the people who are listening to me. I can't do this without you guys. So much love, much appreciation, and I'll be coming for you guys next week. Happy New Year, and I will talk to you all soon.